Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We spoke today to Gary Thompson, CEO of Brixton Metals. We get an update on how things have progressed since we last spoke to them a few months ago. And if you want our thoughts and opinions on that conversation and indeed the company itself, you can get that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club, uh, where you can also find company reports, commentary from market experts from around the world. You can get training courses. We get summaries of other interviews that we have carried out. And of course, there's a thriving community of investors sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other. There. And if you want to try it out, there's a seven-day free trial. Gary, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well, thank you. How about yourself? Yeah, not bad. Good to, good to see you. We haven't spoken in a while. Uh, you've been a busy boy in this uh, yeah, quite exciting yeah. market. Yeah, it's been good. Uh, very, very fun. Uh, you know, lots, lots on the go. Lots happening. We're yeah, we're we're scrambling around. Yeah, good, good. I, and I know you're serious because you're wearing a tie this time. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's kick off with that one minute overview of the projects, and then we'll pick it up from there. Sure. Well, Brixton has uh, actually four wholly owned assets. Uh, two in uh, uh, two of our largest uh, projects in Northwest British Columbia, uh, Atlin, which is a gold project, um, and Thorn, which is a uh, copper gold uh, silver project, and then we have a silver uh, silver gold copper project in Montana. And then we have a, um, a couple of high-grade uh, path-producing mines in, uh, in Ontario called Langus and, and Hudson Bay. Right. Okay, brilliant. Thanks very much. Um, saw the press release this morning. want to talk to you about that in a second. I also know that you've raised a bit of money recently, so you've kind of got cash to see you through for the year. Um, but I want to get into the kind of big picture for people maybe new to this and maybe answer some of the uh, questions being asked of us before we, we did this interview. Because you're a small company. Your share price has doubled since we last spoke to you, uh, you know, effectively. You know, you've gone... You're, what are you now? Like you're 56, 57 million market cap. Nice. Okay. But it's been a really positive gold environment. Um, I think the criticism of you was that you had too many moving parts, right? You have four projects for a small company, limited capex. So I want to talk to you about what your focus is. Okay. So uh, again, just to remind people, when I spoke last, you told me that you were going to focus on hog heaven, then do a little bit at Thorn and then park up the other two for now. Have things changed? Well, look, I guess the way I would, uh, the way I look at these things is, you know, we acquired uh, assets for a couple of reasons, for diversification on jurisdiction and for, and for commodity risk uh, for, the, for the projects. I think, yeah, we do get that, that criticism, where, where's your focus? But look, we acquired these things at, I'd say, a very low, uh, reasonably low cost acquisition cost at the bottom of the market. So now we're starting to see the market uh, wake up and and uh, and give us a bit of uh, love, generally speaking. And I think what the way to look at this is, well, you've got these assets for for a low cost. When the market improves, which we're starting to see, we anticipate to monetize these assets for the benefit of shareholders. So um, it is, you know, challenging for a small company to work on multiple projects. And you know, we have to uh, allocate capital. Um, in in the best way that we we feel uh, can generate the best value. Now, when last time we we spoke, we were we were pretty excited about uh, Hog Heaven, and and we still are. Um, unfortunately, the market didn't uh, really reward us for uh, some spectacular drill results um, 
so basically, we we looked at uh, what can we what can we do that's going to generate some exciting uh, uh, results for us, and and uh, we basically we had decided to uh, focus more on Thorn uh, project in the Golden Triangle this year, and so we've been busy there. Uh, we're pushing about uh, six thousand meters of drilling. Um, I mean that that project just continues to uh, to show promise. It's a massive property. Uh, that's going to take some time to to sort out, but uh, you know, there's uh, we've had a <laughs> we had a lot of guys doing uh, our regional work this year, so we've taken a bit of a step back, looking at um, you know looking at other uh, targets on on the property. So while we're drilling uh, some of the known, more advanced uh, stage targets, we're looking at can we generate some exciting new targets on the property? And I think the, sh the short answer is yes. Uh, we're, we're highlighting some uh, some really good uh, gold copper targets that uh, haven't really been uh, haven't hadn't even been drill tested yet. So I think there's lots of work to do there. But it's a massive property, 2,600 square kilometers. Um, it's going to keep us busy uh, for for some time. And so we're we're uh, I think we're we're getting more and more excited about that that opportunity. The, the challenge is we can work there from uh, May till. Uh, you know, till about now, uh, winding down here. So once you get into October, it's starting to get into some uh, sort of more winter conditions. So, so it's a bit of a seasonality issue there, and and that's the reason that we actually acquired the Langus uh, mine project in the first place was because we had this seasonality issue in Northwest BC, like a lot of companies do operating there. So the the Langus project in Ontario allows us to uh, effectively drill all year round. And more importantly, to drill in the in our off season from our BC project, uh, we can generate uh, good good uh, good news flow and good results over the winter months. Okay, but let me come back to Hog uh, Haven because it feels like the the tail wagging the dog here. You know, so you you went down there and you think, well, you said to me that's going to be our key focus. That's where we're going to get the best results because a lot of drilling had gone on there already, a lot of infill drilling and so forth. So a lot of data there. You wanted to go and do some more. You did it. The market was like, we don't care. I mean, did you, did you make the right call or is the market wrong? Um, I think the market is wrong. I think generally speaking, I think, you know, um, uh, Montana is, uh, we'll say, not known for uh, maybe the most favorable mining jurisdiction. And I think that is over. It's not that you can't build mines there. And, you know, we get that in B.C. too, like, oh, you can't build a mine in B.C., um, that's not the case. There's mines being built, and so it's got some uh, overtones of uh, maybe uh, you know can't get it done sort of sort of thinking. But um, I think it's a I think it's a missed opportunity for for investors, and I think we're just going to have to keep at it to um, you know basically daylight that value, and and I think it will come. And we do believe that there's a mine to build there at Hog Heaven. It's just going to take some some more work and. Uh, Know, perseverance to uh, daylight that that value. Well, if you can't do it, you talked in the past to me about finding JV partners. Why don't you offload it? Well, we we are in discussions. In fact, you know, we're open to joint ventures on any one of these projects. We're we're not uh, hung up on you know we have to develop them. Uh, you know, Thorn is a kind of project. It's so big that you know it's a classic major uh, scale project. Uh, so we are looking for partners on on all these projects. But talk to me about Hog Heaven. We'll, we'll come on to Thorn. Talk to me about Hog Heaven. How do you resolve this issue? Because if, if the market hasn't given you credit once, it's not going to you know suddenly change its mind, is it? So, isn't the best solution for you to kind of shut, close down one of these conversations that you're having with potential JV partners and and at least monetize it somehow? 
Well, sure. I mean, but that's that's a that's an exercise uh, they have to go through, and uh, you know, we've had lots of people uh, looking at it and going for it. So, absolutely, we definitely are are working on along those lines. Okay. When can we expect some news on that? Well, I mean, as soon as it's a material news, uh, then it will will be known to the market. Right. Okay. But right now, you think market's giving you what no value on that? I would say the market's not giving us any value for for the hog cabin project. Because if you look at when we acquired it, uh, we got no value. We've demonstrated good, solid results. We didn't receive any any value on it. So, in my view, there's there's not much value being attributed to it. How much have, how much have you spent on it? Uh, we're about three million dollars uh, in, into it. Okay. Okay. Well, let's come on to Thorn then. So again, again, look back at when we what we paid for the asset. We paid a million bucks in stock for for the project. So. Uh, that has actually a lot of work done on it and and pretty considerable uh, well, non-compliant resources, but pretty considerable uh, ounces in the ground there. Okay, so actually just remind people, so non-compliant resource of what? What are we looking at? Uh, the non-compliant resource based on the feasibility done was 47 million ounces of silver and about a quarter million ounces of gold. Right, but do you know anything Not- more around the economics of that? Because there's quite a bit of data. Um, well, that was keep in mind that feasibility was done in uh, 88, 89, and then the price of gold and silver. I think the, the uh, I think it was 400 gold and $6 silver were, were the economic numbers at the time. And they had actually, at that point, green-lighted, uh, permitted to build the mine. Of course, the uh, 1990 hit and the price of gold and silver collapsed, and it pretty much killed the economics at that time. Why did you drill again? You mean today, why aren't we drilling right now? No, no, no. As I understand it, that you went and did some additional drilling down there. Yes. Why? So we're under we're under a, uh, a permit. We can drill another uh, 5,000 feet, which is depending on how deep we go. Uh, you know, so there's an opportunity potentially to uh, to drill this fall. And that's something that something that we're looking at. Should we go back there? OK, so let's just move on to um, Thorn. So you, you, you didn't think you'd be spending too much time there. It sounds like you decided that it might make sense to spend a bit more time and money down on Thorn. So what's been happening down there? Correct, yeah. Um, so we, we've had a drill turning um, for several months now. We're pushing about 6,000 meters. We really drilled uh, two uh, advanced targets. Uh, one is called the Outlaw Gold Zone, which is a four-kilometer uh, gold anomaly. And actually on the western part of that anomaly, um, we identified uh, some, some very high-grade gold samples earlier on this year. And so that's a kind of a new, a new target area for us. So we, we drilled about 16 holes on the outlaw target. It's a, it's a big gold, a sediment-hosted gold zone. And then now we're uh, down into the Camp Creek area, uh, drilling some uh, deep uh, porphyry targets. Um, so we'll have uh, probably another, another two holes, uh, deep holes there for this uh, copper porphyry target. And we have a whole and geophysical works. I think we're, you know, six thousand uh, samples uh, that we've collected this year. Right. Okay. That's quite a big property. You've had it for a long time. Again, you talked to me about trying to find JV partners for that, like someone with deeper yeah. pockets than you. Where are you in that process? Uh, well, I think once we get the results out this year, we're we're going to uh, circle back to the various parties that have expressed interest and just continue that dialogue. Right. Okay. 
Okay, I guess you want to talk about Langus because that's what the today's results focused on. So it was a project that you didn't think you'd be spending any time on. So why have you changed tack and started looking at that or spending time, money, and effort on that? Well, no, it's, I wouldn't say we didn't think we'd spend time on. It's it's always been a project that um, the reason we acquired the asset was um, to give us some off-season uh, work opportunity, given the seasonality issue that we're having at Thorn. Langus is a project that we can work all winter. So what we did is earlier on this year, we actually generated some some really good drill results around the shaft number three. And uh, this was an old mine that Agnico operated up until 89. It produced over 10 million ounces of silver at 25 ounces per ton. So we wanted to see if we could um, uh, generate some uh, some good results, see if we could find some additional silver mineralization that wasn't uh, exploited. And so what we did is from the drilling that we had done over the last few years and uh, those veins do project the surface and we're able to pull uh, visible silver uh, mineralization um, at surface. So we did some trenching and uh, those results were put out today. Uh, we trenched uh, about 0.4 of a meter of uh, over three kilos of silver and about 10% cobalt. And then there was a select grab sample pulled out of that. There was some spectacular native silver that ran uh, over six kilos of uh, silver and about 17% cobalt. So the plan is to uh, get it get back into here with some fairly tight space drilling in and around, uh, shaft number three and shaft number six, where it looks like uh, most of the mineralization exists, and see if we can get to a uh, compliant resource on on this project. Okay. Now we're not expecting big ounces, but we're expecting high margin ounces, like in that sort of. You know, north of 500 grams a kilo, multi-kilo. That that that's that's the target. Okay. Can you talk to me about the, the structure of the, the the company, please? Because you're, you've been an explorer, you've been exploring for for a long time. In terms of the personnel here, I think you had you did, is your VP of exploration left you earlier this year. Yeah. You are you change? Is that because you're changing the structure of your business, or was that to do with something else? Uh, I think that's just to do with personal uh, personal reasons. Um, the company is uh, is growing, so we we are we are having some changes uh, internally in personnel. But uh, you know, with any company, as as you grow, um, you know that's just the way it goes. But uh, so we're you know we're improving on our talents. We've added some uh, some board talents. Uh, you know, we're able to raise some some money this year. So I think we're moving forward, and uh, we're excited with uh, what the fall is going to bring us. We've got a lot of results. Uh, uh, pending on on our Thorn project, and we're going to be generating results all winter at uh, at Langus. No, I, I, I get that, but you know, as, as, com- as companies move forward, like I said, you've had some nice results down at Lang- Langus recently. Okay, so that's nice. You're going to attract a bit of attention here, but likewise, the structure of the boards is going to be really important to you going forward. Having been sort of explorers, to go and talk to the market properly talks to the market efficiently about what it is that you're trying to build here because you've got four projects any of which you told me you would jv uh, out um so i'm trying to understand the type of business i'd be investing into so how would you describe yourself and you know, and what are these board additions that you've brought on to um to help you with that yeah so i would describe us as an exploration uh, development company um, would we like to get into some cash flow and an operation? I, absolutely. Um, but, you know, that's where our, some of our skills, uh, you know, that we're bringing into the board. If you look at uh, Randall, he's, uh, he's a mind builder. Uh, Rita has been involved in finance and, and uh, 
you know, uh, financing uh, mine developments. So I think as we uh, as we grow as a company, we're going to transition into uh, per perhaps more more developments uh, opportunities, and that's that's where the the strategic partners come in. The opportunities where we could sell or we could sell one of these things. Um, at the end of the day, we're looking to generate shareholder value. However, we can get there. Okay. Are you the guy to lead the company? Absolutely. Okay, Gary. Great to catch up with you. Uh, let us know how you get on. Pick up the phone when you get some news uh, with the drill results later this uh, year. And uh, we'll be delighted to talk to you. Well, thanks for your time. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll keep in touch. We'll, hopefully we'll circle back when we've got some news to talk about. Great. Thanks, Gary. See you soon. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming and we'll speak to you again soon.